Morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Back Porch Conjure. I am E5 Bayo. Grab a seat, cop a squat, get a chair, get a pillow, get a blanket. Hell, sit right here on the stoop. Get you something warm to drink, something cold to drink, something hot. Hell, get some water, some tea, some coffee. <laughs> Let me make this clear. It's three o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. How about that? 
saw this song in a movie that I was watching yesterday. And I haven't heard that song in a long time. In the words, <laughs> it says, <laughs> The strands in your eyes, the color, them wonderful, stop me and steal my breath. And emeralds from mountains and thrust towards the sky, never revealing their depth. And tell me what we <laughs> that we belong together and dress it up with the trappings of love. I'll be captivated. I'll hang from your lips instead of the gallows of heartache that hang from above. And I will be your crying shoulder. I'll be love suicide. I'll be better when I'm older. And I'll be the greatest fan of your life. Can you imagine someone saying they'll be the greatest fan of your life? Like, listen, hey, I'm not shit right now. Right now, but I'll be better when I'm older. I'm learning. I'm going through some shit. I'm working out some things. I'm not sure what relationships and love is really about. But I'm letting you know, I'll be better when I'm older. And once I get there, I'm not going to mess with you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to dog you out. I'm not going to do none of that. Because I don't want to be the heartache. You done been through that already. You got enough of that. I don't want that. I want to be the greatest fan of your life. I want to be on your crying shoulder. I want to be that. I want to be love suicide. And I'll be better when I'm older. But I'll be the greatest fan of your life. I love that song. I do. I haven't heard it in so long. But I love it. Oh, my God. That song has always been amazing to me. Edwin McCain made it. And it's called I'll Be. But it's so beautiful. Them, uh, Kings of Leon. Like, I love different genres of music because of my pops. You know, my pops was a drummer. So we heard classical, opera, jazz. Like, it would all play in our house. So you will understand, you know, what music was. Not just about the lyrics, the beat, how it comes together, you know, how it makes you feel. So my pops taught us that growing up. I was talking to my brother this morning. You know, uh, prayers to the Rooney family. Um, a good girlfriend of mine that I really watched when her mother carried her in her stomach. You know, she's not doing too well. So my brother called me. And, you know, he was telling me and we would we just started talking about growing up and how we how it's different. But then we started naming names of people that gave us words of wisdom and knowledge and took us places. I was watching. Well, my kids had wanted me one time to watch. It was a show. Right. I'm not going to lie. I'm not even going to remember what the show was. And while he was at one of his friends' house, my son, he was at one of his friends' house, and they was watching, you know, stuff that happened in the 70s, the 80s. And my son said, hey, y'all want to get the truth? My mom's in them grew up over there. And the people he was with, Billy and them, they was like, nah. He said, no, for real. He said, my mom's, like, they were showing schools and stuff. I went to ISA. I went to 72 for a little bit, I went to uh, Shima, they had closed down. I was in Jackson, 
you know, my brother went to Hillcrest. My other brother went to Bayside. My sister Denise went to Springfield. My brother, Horse, God bless his dad, he was in the 600 school. So really, 600 schools back then when we were growing up were considered schools that were children that didn't listen. But my brother knew how to get on the train and take his ass down to that school. He was in PS9. So, because he couldn't go to no schools in Queens. He kept on fighting. So... We were talking about some of the people that were part of our growing up. And I, I, that's why I said I picked this song because growing up, back in, in my day, right, we were prey to a lot of the older men. So you had to be careful, right? But if you got caught fucking with someone that was like a kid, they would unalive you. Real talk. So the men and the guys, they were hustlers, all of that. They sold dope. Some of them took dope. But they looked out for the kids, and especially if, you, if I knew your parents, and I knew your parents was upstanding. My father would play at different clubs, the Zanzibar, you know, all of that. My pops would play there, the White House, you know, where all the gamblers and the drug dealers and everybody was there, and they'd come in and throw money to pimps and all of that. So... You knew, I knew those kids. Like, yo, nah, that's that's Dollar Bill's daughter. Yo, y'all, that's Dollar Bill boy. Nah, he acting up? Come on, let's take him. Let's, let's pop to take him. Nah, that's Bobby. That's that. That's Miss Barbara's son. That's Miss Barbara's daughter. Nah, come on, come on, shorty. I know them. I can vouch for them. And some of the cops back in the day when we was growing up, we had Bishop. You know, when I got older and had kids, then, you know, Rambo and them came. But when we was coming up, it was a black cop named Bishop. He was cool, like, but he he made sure back then, before I'm talking about before Rambo, back then you had people that cared about your neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? So we had Ricky, Ricky Moore. Ah man, I I love Ricky. If somebody was saying something, like, come on, this is my little sis. This is my little sis. We don't do that. We don't do that over here. You know? I saw Ricky beat a, a motherfucker down. Um, Mike Moore, Rob, you know, um, the Potters, Lee Potter, Al Potter, Mickey Potter, they all dead and gone, but they would sit down and explain to us and talk to us and, you know, kids was kids. So if they, they hit a lick, the ice cream man come, everybody get an ice cream cone. Don't ask for nothing extra. Okay, sir. Thank you. We went outside. We played. We didn't sit around grown people. We didn't get in their business. You know what I'm saying? My mother didn't sit down and talk to us about what she was going through with her man. We didn't, if they was on the phone, I wouldn't give a fuck if the house was burning. You better wait till they get off that goddamn telephone before you say something. If you saw people in the kitchen talking, you better say, excuse me, ma'am. And it better be something that you know you can't do on your own. It better not be... What color sock I should wear? They'll look at you like you fucking retarded. And we didn't have that privilege that y'all kids got now where it's triggering. My mother said, I, I, what? Whatever she cook, you didn't eat, you don't eat. It's simple as that. We didn't have access to everything and everybody. My pops left five o'clock in the morning. He went to work. Whatever happened, he'll deal with him when he come home. My mother didn't worry about what her girlfriends was doing or what they was doing. And she stayed on the phone all day and the house was dirty. That, that didn't fly. 
No. Saturday and Sunday morning, we got woke up with Aretha Franklin, Al Green, Billy Stewart. We got woke up. And when we heard that, we knew, fuck, it's time to clean up. Come on. And you did three real good cleanings before the summer, before school, that's fall, and before New Year's. You got rid of shit. You hand shit down. You pass shit over. You clean. You move furniture stoves, refrigerators, you going through all your clothes, you're packing it up, you're giving it away, or you're throwing it away. You wiped down walls. You cleaned every fucking thing. You going to the fucking laundromat carrying bags, you and your, and none of those clothes better not come back damp. Baby, you don't know what your ass feel like you coming home with damn clothes. What? I know you lying. She knew Put it in this machine, that's a dollar seventy-five, huh? This one, dollar twenty-five, huh? This is quarter. You're gonna need four and four. Make sure uh, now they give you a little extra, get you an icy. But you knew how to wash clothes. I was washing clothes when I was seven years old. Real talk. I want my brothers in them. My mother sent me to the store when I was eight. She gave me a list. Yeah, I know. Some of them should be in jail. I went and got my father's cools. My mother, I have. Nice chunk, a dollar, worth of liver wish, and get her three packs of those Linden's chocolate chip cookies, right? Or the oatmeal and raisin ones. And he is 35 cents. I'll get me a Chico stick and an Italian icy. Oh, I was living. Put my Chico stick in my back pocket. I open that icy. And then me and my brother was laughing this morning because I remember when my mother said, I ain't spending no more goddamn money on no ices. Huh. She take the Kool-Aid, make it real, real sweet, and pour it in those damn styrofoam cups and freeze them. She make grape, fruit punch, cherry, watermelon, whatever, whatever Kool-Aid she had. And she would put it in there. 15 cents a cup. Man, kids would knock on our door. People would knock on the door. Yo, you got ices? We used to be like, yeah, we'd sell them. Then after a while, we'd be like, nah, no, these ices are for us. And we'd be sitting on the step. Man, lips be red or purple when we sitting there. Now, everybody else, they go and get it tight. Like, this is good. Yeah, but ours is bigger and sweeter. And we can peel this out. And we good. Like, yeah. You know, um, my mother would sell when they have card parties. Now, back in the day, right? And it's no comparison, but this is the era I grew up in. If you and your neighbors and y'all, you know, you fell on hard times, maybe. My father and me used to work over there going toward Jamaica Avenue over there by South Road. Um, there used to be a metal shop over there, and they make ashtrays and all kinds of stuff. So that was the factory. And everybody worked there, right? Stay in there all day, come back, you have all kinds of metals, pieces, and shards and shit on you. You know, my pops, I had all kinds, they had all kinds of ashtrays and stuff. He'd bring some home. When the, the first time it had did a close down and those men were out of work. So those women had to go to work. My mom's in was working in the factory too, right? And they would clean up and do all of that. And you know, if you didn't make enough, you have car parties, right? House always wins, no matter what. House always wins. Because you always got to get to the house. Because... Just in case you start losing, you're going to borrow from the house. But the house get theirs off top. So my mom's in there would have 
They have fish sandwiches, a fish dinner, a chicken sandwich, chicken dinner, right? And they have shots, little nips, and they have beers, right? And you had mixed drinks. So she always got, like, my Uncle Julius or um, my Aunt Pat to do the bar made, right? Because my mom's built a bar in the bottom in the basement. So they'll go to the bar, go downstairs and go to the bar. Now, the living room, dining room, she took all the furniture and put it upstairs. And she turned those two rooms into the tables. You had your poker table and you had your pity pat and your tunk table, right? So now we playing. And they'll do it Friday and Saturday. Sunday, everybody in church. (laughs) So Friday and Saturday. So if your house wasn't big enough, Right, or you had a landlord, right? Check this out. And these were these wasn't friends that I'ma sit and talk about you. Nah, we got a problem, let's come with a solution. And I get that from my parents and the generation I was raised in. So if your man and you see back then it was a little bit more of a unity, and I understand, I get it, but I want y'all to see the error we came from. Back then, it was a little bit more togetherness. It was all about family, black family, the family itself, because it was a white family we grew up with, too. You know, Spanish, Angel Silver and them. So, it nobody, everybody was cool. You know, we was just a big fucking bowl of gumbo, right? So, if your husband or your wife fell on hard times, I ain't going to sit and talk about you. We're going to find ways of helping you. And... If your landlord, because some people rent it, my mother was blessed, my pops brought his house, and you you couldn't do it, so you will, you know, you will have it at my mom's house, right? Because many of them, they landlords wasn't trying to hear that, have it at my mom's house, and my mom had a big backyard, so during the day, my pops and them would get their band together, and they'd be in the backyard playing. So it'd be Randy, God bless the dead, he'll, he'll have his guitar out there. My pops and them be on drums, Freddie Hill, Piggy, everybody. Like, they, you got a whole jam session. People come through, sing, they throw money in the bucket or put money on the money tree. Right there, get, my mom's and them would get a branch, cover it with luminal foil, stick money on it, and put honey on the bottom for the change. But then later on, when I grew up and found out, they left that money there. They left that honey there. I said, oh, that was to sweeten it. She said, no, because if a motherfucker try to steal it, they going to get stuck. We already know who took it because it's hard to take honey off your hands. I said, damn, she ain't never lie. But I, I learned that when I got older. But, um, see, they had rent parties. They had, you know, building up the neighborhood, things like that. We had block parties. People would come and throw their little pennies in there and stuff. And they have a good time. You know, it wasn't no, because see, those men back then, they were men, right? Real talk. It wasn't no, you going to come here and fuck it up. Because the number one thing they did do that even till this day I respected, adults didn't party with children. My mother and them hung where grown-ups hung. These grown folk. Kids went over there and they partied on Nathan. Now, the kids, when we in the, in the motherfucking jams and all that, they'll start shooting. Now you got the parents running around the corner. Where my kid? Where my motherfucking kid? Because we ain't playing this. And now you got to go home because somebody want to act a fool. But when grown-ups party, baby, 
I don't know about y'all, but they start doing the motherfucking tussle, the one step, doing the bus stop, everybody doing their thing, you know, they stepping in the name of love and all of that. And they, they enjoying it. They getting their little shot on. Everybody having fun. They dressed to the nines. What? Shopping in the motherfucking nigga in the casket. And they enjoyed it. They didn't worry about, mm, girl, you see what she doing? She looking at my man. They didn't do that. They didn't have a problem. Yo, you want to dance with me? Go ahead, girl. Because I already knew this mine. He ain't going nowhere. I don't have to worry about that. That nigga can be, my pops can be in a room with 50 million motherfuckers. <laughs> that nigga will tell you, I'm going home with Barbara. I'm going with Bobby A. You know, now I ain't going to say he didn't step out. I ain't going to say my mama didn't step out. But when they went out, it used to be Ella and Piggy, Big Ella and Freddie Hill, my mother <laughs> and, and my pops, Nora, Frost, all of them. And they be dressed to the nine, smelling good. Ain't nobody sitting there saying, Girl, you see what she got on? Uh-uh. No, no, no. And we left together. We came back together. Who riding with who? We already got that established. Well, Billy, Billy and y'all, you going to ride with Piggy and them. Okay, I'm going to ride there with Ella. Country got it. God bless it. Country used to be the, the taxi for all of them back in the day. Go on. Uh, we going to ride with brother. Country got us. Okay. Y'all, yeah, I got y'all. Come on, y'all ladies. Just sneaking out. Wait, wait. And the kids. We was either all at our house, at Ella house, little Ella or big Ella, or we was at my Aunt Pat house or my Aunt Louise. We were somewhere, and the oldest took care of the youngest. It wasn't no, oh, I'm leaving, I'm running away. What? If I left this fucking house and 12 kids was here, when I come back, 12 of them better be in that goddamn bed. I we run away. Wait, wait, don't run by yourself. Take the rest of them. i never forget the day I said, I'm running away. And I ran down to Miss, Miss, <laughs> Miss Bell house. I did. I ran down there. And my brother, man, and my brother, Iron Horse was standing there. And I said, what? He said, Mama said, you can't run away by yourself. So we got to run away with you. So I'm sitting in front of Bell house and I'm mad. I said, because she didn't buy me your ice cream. And she said, oh, okay. She said, well. Oh, you know where you're going? I said, I'm going where it's nothing but ice cream. She said, I hope you find it. Now, but no, not to talk to strangers. No, ma'am, I ain't talking to nobody. She said, okay. She said, well, I don't want you to run away on an empty stomach. You want, and Belle was the only one I know that made rice with vinegar. And I fell in love with it. I did. Um, and uh, so I would... I sat there, I ate, she made some chicken and some uh, some rice and some string beans, fresh. Snapped them out the garden and put it on there with a biscuit. I ate that. And she said, you full? I said, yeah. She said, well, you know, got something to drink and everything. She said, you got it, something sweet? I said, I got an apple. She said, okay. And I was sitting on there talking to her and before, you know, I'm dozing off. She said, well, maybe you should run away tomorrow. Because it's getting late. You don't want to miss your trip. You want to leave early in the morning. Child, after I finished talking to Miss Bell and Ed and them, they were so tickled. I went in the house and my mother looked and Bell said, shh, shh, you know. And man, it was so, it was. I don't miss it. I'm grateful for it. When I tell you about it, it's because I honor it. I respect it. I respect those women that took the time. And got on your level and have a conversation with you. Not to be like, oh, well, she's a hoe and she's this and she's that. Nah. I respect those men that said, 
That's a kid. That's a kid. That's that's a kid. That's Bobby's new daughter. Uh, that's that's a kid. That's that's what you call him, son. No, let's go on over there and talk to the mama. And when you get there, we're going to sit down and figure out what's going on and why they did that. Not, oh, they in my business. And, um, don't tell my kid nothing. See, I come from an era where it did take a village to raise a child. And that village was on point because the main goal was to make sure these kids lived a good life as best as this community can give it. We had... Rolling for the uh, summer school program. Then Mr. Huntley came on years later. But it was rolling at first. We had Bishop that was the cop that, you know, patrolled the neighborhood. We had dope things. It was dope back then. We didn't have crack then. Crack came later. But we had dope things. Pimps and all of that. But they knew Yo, these kids got to, y'all good? How's your class? How's your grades? Yeah, you know, listen to that teacher. And when we had an event, everybody came. Now, it's sad because you'll say, damn, I know change is inevitable. I know we all have to evolve. But some things should always be remembered. Man, Sunday, the family came over. My mother cooked. My Aunt Pat would come over. We would run over to my Aunt Louise's house because we know she cooked. And, you know, we, we have family. If someone passed away or if someone was sick, they all come together. If my husband went without a job or he got in an accident, everybody got together and found a way. Those ladies, my mother and all of them, they were number runners. They had to do whatever while their husbands at work. They had to make the ends meet as well. Then they stopped working. My mom's and I never forget when she worked at the diner. Um, my mom, and I think I get that from her. My mother didn't get all emotional when she happened. I was playing with my brother one time. Twice I, I, I was accident prone. Because I would try to do what they would do. And I couldn't always do it. So the first time my brother and me was flipping. Flipping on the, my mother had this like little ottoman. And we would flip on it. And then, you know, but the radiator, and I flipped, and I pushed my head back, and I busted my head open, and I had to get, what, five stitches. So they called my mom, and they was like, oh, she bust her head, and it was a gap and stuff, so my father took me. My father was nervous. Like, he was the one. I think he was nervous for everybody. So my brother, man, he came in there. He held my hand and stuff, and my brother, Arnold was like, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. And then afterwards, we went to my mom's because she worked at the diner at night. And she gave me a, a hamburger with french fries. That was my meal back then, growing up. Hamburger and french fries. A cheeseburger with french fries? Psh, you don't need to talk to me no more. I'm good. And chocolate cake. And she gave me that. She said, here. She said, you're going to be all right. Because after the hospital, my father and them took us to the diner. And he was like, come on so your mother can see you. So we went over there. And she looked. She said, okay. She said, ain't cut her hair, right? And it was like, No. She said, oh, okay. She saw it. She said, she'll lay her ass down. Then me and my brother, we playing because we see, you know, all the superheroes and stuff, right? You know, Batman and all that. So I told my brother, I said, I said, I can put my hand there. And I still have the scar on my, on my hand, my, my right hand, my second finger next to the pinky, the ring finger. I'm sitting there and I said, I can't bleed. He said, if I cut your finger, then you will know you're not super. 
And I said, I am super. And he took that uh, meat cleaver and took off half of my finger. <laughs> my mother was like, what the fuck? But she wasn't nervous. All she said was, what the fuck? And my father was like, oh, my God, what happened? What happened? I said, I'm not a superhero. He said, what? <laughs> and my brother's standing there with the, with the meat cleaver like, I thought she wasn't going to bleed. Oh, my God. We would walk across the tracks, and they'd be like, Donna, don't hit the third rail. Whatever you do, don't touch that one. So I knew not to touch that one. When I was little, I was like six then, because my mom would work and. uh mornings and come home at night well in the afternoon right on Saturdays so my mother would leave at 6 a.m and she'd get home like five four or five right and her and cheeky and them would go to the number hole and stuff we'd go up there so my brother and them would babysit me my mother would do my hair the night before put it all in rubber bands and stuff because I was tender-headed so my brother and them would take me over there on 164th street and I hang with Namako and all of them and I remember, because my hair was so long and thick, right? It was all the way down to my ass. My hair was real long. It was only two of us in South Jamaica that it was Tawana Gamble and me, Donna. And our hair was so long. Now, the only difference is Tawana's was sandy brown and mine was jet black, right? Until I started, once I got, now my hair was all black, jet black, jet black. And Tawana's was sandy brown, right? We was both dark skin. But when I got the stitches in my head, my hair became two-tone. So you had one side black because of the peroxide. And, you know, I stayed in the pool. So they would take me and my brothers and them be wanting to go and play Roundup. Or they'd go and sell, like, get the soda bottles and change it back in the day. You would order a case of sodas and the soda man delivered to your door. And um, they would go and collect the bottles. And you would get maybe about $2. Back then, that was a lot. So you would, you would do that. Well, he would sit me with Namako in them. Juanita in them. And they would take my hair down and redo it. Now, I ain't saying nothing. I would just sit there, Right? As long as they wasn't combing it, they'd brush it and be like, oh, I'm not going to comb it because you combing. I'm leaving. I'm running because I was tender-headed. But they would brush it and grease it, and I'd just be sitting there. And they would come back and get me. And my brother would be like, what the fuck? Why you let them touch your hair? I'd be like, because they said they was going to do it. And he was like, no. He's like, man, my mother's going to kill me. Don't play in her fucking hair. Oh, my God. But they would always drop me off there. So nobody learned the lesson. I didn't learn to tell them don't do it. They didn't learn not to do it. And my brothers them didn't learn not to keep me there. So they take me with y'all. But then when I got older and my mother had perm my hair. That was the first time she perm my hair. And it was long. And Juanita and them took it and they braided it. And my mother came home. She went over there. She said, I don't give a fuck who kids y'all playing? Don't touch her hair. Don't. I grew that. Don't touch her hair. Don't put your hands in here. Why? Because my sister Denise, we were all had long hair. My sister Denise went over to my aunt Pat. And Pat, that's when they had the lie. And Pat had the uh, lie. She left it on Denise's head too long. She didn't 
put that shampoo to kind of kill it, to make it stop working. So we in the tub, and the tub was all black. It was nothing but my daughter, my sister's hair. It just burnt out. And her hair never grow back right after that. And my mother beat the hell out her sister, for real. But she, she made sure she put that. You know, back in those days, the things they used on us, you can't use that on a kid now. <laughs> real. Because you, you would go to jail. I'm serious. You would go to jail. My mother and them would use Crisco, Crisco oil or lard and, per, you know, uh, hot comb my hair. When she couldn't use the hot comb and she needed to be done fast in a hurry, you would lay your head down on the ironing board. She put that little thin piece of cloth and iron your hair. When they had, I don't even know why they came up with it. I know when uh, Randy's dog and our dog, me, had, that's the name of my dog, was M.E. They had mange, right? And they used the hot motor oil. But they cooled it down and they put it on there. And those coats came back even better. But when kids had no lie, I, listen, they would take a little bit and put it in a can with some Dixie peach grease and some crown. And they'd stir it up. Smell was horrible. I'm not even going to lie. But they would put it, they'd wash your hair and put it on your hair at night. Plaid it. Smell bad for about a day. But baby, I will say this. Denise hair didn't grow back that long, but it was thick as hell. Oh, it was thick, baby. Um, We, we took, my father would take... Eggs being mayonnaise to wash our hair. First, he'll take the mayonnaise and the egg and mix it up and put it on your hair before you wash it. Rinse it out with beer, Schaefer, so you know I'm going way back. And then he'll shampoo it. And then, you know, my mom's a brushy, the grease she put together with a little bit of burnt motor oil, car oil. And put it in there and then put it in your hair. You knew you can't stand it. But after a while... You know, that saying is true. You smell something long enough, the shit loses smell. So, after a while, kids already knew. Like, oh, okay. Um, and they would plait your hair at night and let it go wild during the day. Um, you knew to dress up on Sundays. You had dinner on Sundays, family dinner. Breakfast. My pops, when he was off, him and my mom, we'd sit around the table and they'd have breakfast. Um, my father used to make, um, my brothers and them wear suits sometimes. He said a man should always, you should never just have to wear a suit for court. You should wear a suit to let people know. So sometimes, you know, even when you went to school, my brother have his white shirt, both of them, they have their tie and their slacks and their shoes. You know, when young boys had disagreements, um, my pops and Randy and them would put the gloves on and tell them to fight it out, you know. Oh, man. Lee and them, i never forget. My brother had reminded me. It was this big dude. He used to be a menace to a lot of people. Big dude in South Jamaica, real tall. Lee and all of them came out, man. He karate kicked that dude, whooped, brung that big giant down. 
Lee would. Lee, Lee would get drunk. He wasn't disrespectful. He'd get drunk and sit in the park and, you know, curse out on everybody, tell them, fuck them. But it wasn't ever kids. He'd be kids. He'd be like, y'all go ahead home. Go on to the house. And we did. But baby, Lee was a little dude. Lee Potter, little dude. But if you fucked with a kid, Lee, Al, Mickey, all of them, there wasn't no coming back from that. Uh, there was a, a guy that would um, bother children in the park. And um, one, of, one of the young men, you know, he got, and this dude would really bother the young boys. This was years ago, in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. We used to have the seesaw, the monkey bars, the big slides and low slides. And um, he would hide over. that Back then, they had the bushes. So he would hide over in the cut. And you really couldn't see. They cut that shit down after that. And um, he, you know, he violated one of the young boys. Man, when I tell you, Leonel... Strung that nigga up. And I think that's something message. Even the drug dealers. They didn't they didn't play that. You know, nah, nah. They it was if they knew, if you got caught, it's a different story. Now, but majority, nah, that's such and such a little sister. Nah, that's such and such little brother in them. Nah, y'all don't do that. Now what they did behind closed doors, didn't know, but we we had enough time to play in the park, get on the swings. They used to have a sand box. I remember when South Jamaica and the projects got their first merry-go-round. Man, we used to be on that shit. We should have died because it would be break and they wouldn't fix it and we would just spend it and go whip-wop and you would cut yourself and, man, they used to play, my brother and them used to play roundup and rooftop. they jump from roof to roof. You, you have to tag them. Jump from roof to roof. A lot of people broke their legs and arms and shit. And I remember I wanted to play so bad. And I jumped from one roof. My brother was like, nope. Brother Hans was like, nope, nope, nope. Girls don't do this. Go go find, go play with Honda in them. <laughs> so and then we, we learned about bikes. Oh, my gosh. Bikes, that was it. We was riding everywhere. We would ride up to Merrick and come back. We was nine years old, riding from South Jamaica to Merrick over there on Linden. Man, they could have beat us up, took our bikes, but you know, I was safer back then. You know, everybody looked out for each other. I know, I'm going down memory lane. This was not the topic that I had, but, you know, I'm not, I don't miss it, right? But it's an honor to be there, double Dutch, where... I was really in, me, Lisa Washington, and Gail, Octavia's sister, we won for South Jamaica, the Double Dutch Tournament. We won for speed. We were in the video and everything. Beverly Lambis was our coach. Man, she, <laughs> playing Double Dutch outside with people are great. When you got to do it, you know, where you got a coach, that shit is aggravating. And the sad part is, nobody didn't know 
or believed that I was in the tournament because I was the last one out of all my friends to learn how to jump double dutch. For real, I was double handy. And I was scared of the rope. Wanda and Tammy, God bless the dead, Stephanie and Ina, taught me how to jump. Like, every night we would be out there and play. And, you know, they, yeah, they took advantage of me a lot. Because they were jumping and I was still, they used to be like, come on, jump. Oh, my God, just turn. So, I was that kid. But then, I started practicing while I was in, you know, summer camp. And it was me, Lisa Washington, and Gail, Octavia's sister, Lattimore. And we formed a team. And I would be out there every day jumping, jumping, all three of us. And we won. We won. <clears throat> they never questioned that. For real. And um, it was. It was it was really good. Um, <clears throat> somebody text me. So nice. Um, then we got older. School became so different. You know, when you get in school and while you in public school, it's all kids stuff. You still could play with dolls and all of that. And then we start getting into middle school, junior high. And that's when the world took a whole new different turn. Because now getting to meet more people and all the things you learned as a kid or oh, you ready to see some shit that wow I remember when Roxanne Shantae first came out MC Light um my sister went to school with um Salt and Pepper when they went to Springfield uh, they used to work I think in Alexander's one of the stores the clothing stores um I went to 231 Kaziah State and the schools over in South Jamaica wouldn't take me, so I had to go to 231. It was an experience because back then it was really nothing but Valley girls, white kids. I was in school over there. In Laurelton back then it was really more white and very upscale black people. So, and you have the Valley girls like, push you. Oh my God. <laughs> I used to sit there and laugh. Um, Happened with more drugs than the Lord allowed. But, hey, that's the one thing that I saw how people's lives got so messed up that I didn't have that. I'm grateful for that. And I, I hung around a lot of dope fiends and stuff. So, and they, they didn't sugarcoat anything. So I was, I was grateful for all of that because a lot of my friends did get strung out on drugs. You know, I didn't, I didn't have to worry about that. And a lot of them taught me, you don't, you don't let people know what you're doing. Shop selling weed for Trini for the longest. And this girl never was like, yo, you screwing her, whatever. She used to be like, yeah, shorty, make your money. I used to be like, thanks. And nobody didn't know. I didn't know I was selling weed or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Around my area. Because those kids would brag. Yeah, I'm a drug dealer. I'm this the fuck I'm bragging for? <laughs> How that's going to get me money? That's going to get me in trouble. And my mother and father find out they're going to beat the shit out of me. So, uh, no. And I didn't, I didn't sell weed over by my crib. 40 Park, if I was in the park, and people were there, like, at the gym, and they'd be like, oh, do you got weed? Yeah. 
and I, you know, give it to him. But I hung everywhere else. Like, people didn't even know where I lived. And I've, I've always been like that. And I think I learned that from watching everybody else. Because people didn't know where I lived. Like, nah. In my mind, and I, I think I just picked that up from them. Like, you never let those two worlds collide. Your home life is your home life. That's where you with your family and everything. And that street shit is out there in that street shit. You don't need, you don't need those two worlds meeting. Why? For what? That, that was my mentality. I would be in the village and hanging out, meeting mad people, and with my brothers and them, and we would come back. Like, you no, know, our friends were like all over. It wasn't just we sat around South Jamaica and that was it. No, I was in Staten Island, in Manhattan, in Brooklyn, the Bronx. We was everywhere. Like, for real. For our Rockway, when they had uh, Rockway Playland, we had friends that lived out there. We'd go to their crib and then we'd go to Rockway Playland. We'd go on the beach when Roger had his apartment. We'd go over there and chill out. Like, we didn't. We didn't do all the crazy things like most people would sit. My pops and them would take us out. You know, it's, it's why it baffles me because back then, yeah, things weren't as expensive. But even if they didn't have money, they found a way to make sure we enjoyed our childhood. So if they didn't have money, everybody got together and we went to Baisley Park and had a cookout, a picnic and played in the lake and all of that. But if you did have money, you got a little come up, you hit a number, or you got a little bonus at work, or, you know, got some extra check or something, then we'll go to Bronx Zoo, you know, we'll go to whatever park or, you know what I'm saying? Or if they had to work, Sydney, back in the day, Sydney would throw these bus outs to Great Adventures. And, you know, we'll go there. And we, you know, we get your ticket and everybody be there. You know what was crazy? I was 12 years old at the bus out going to Six Flags by myself. By myself. My brothers and them didn't go. They had their ticket, but they didn't go. They did not go. I was 12 years old at the bus out with Sydney and them. Monkey and Rat and all over there. I ain't had no money to eat, but everybody made sure I had some. And I got on rides. Man, it was the best day. I found a, a stuffed teddy bear somebody left on the on the bench. I picked it up. Kept that motherfucker with me all day. I had the glow sticks on me. We came back 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. My mother's like, where was you? I said, I went to the bus out. My brothers and them was like, we was looking for you. They never got on the bus. I just got on the bus. And you know what was crazy? I didn't even have a ticket. Sydney was like, your brothers and them not here? No. He said, they brought a ticket and get on. And I was there. He said, if you need something to eat or something, find me. Okay. But I, I never did because everybody that was there was like, Donnie, you got something to drink? No. They'd be like, here, take this juice. So, and it wasn't no, I'm going to poison her. I'm going to do this. Like, it wasn't that. It was like, yo, you having fun? Yeah. Or I see mad people on the line. They'd be like, come on, come on. Get on the ride with me. Okay. And I'd be on there. We'd be in the first car going, the lightning loops and all of that shit. Like, I really did. The only thing I didn't go because everybody was going, and back then I was like, nah. And then a good friend of mine, she went. Now, now we talk a little older now. You know, I was we was in uh, ISA. I was in ninth grade in ISA, and they used to have these bus outs going to Hershey Park. I didn't go 
because a few girls got raped in the back of the bus. So I did pick my battles of where I would go and where I wouldn't go. Like, real talk. And when I heard that, I was like, ain't nobody going to make up that lie. Like, I already know how it is when you're riding buses with people and in the back is where it's happening. So I knew even at 12, like, I sat in the front with Sydney and him. He was like, no, sit up here. Shit, I was asleep half of the ride when I saw all the mountains and shit. And I was like, oh, okay. I, my brother and them wasn't there. I, for real, somebody could have killed me. They could have raped me. They could have left me in the park. All of that. I didn't get left. He was like, yo, find me and meet me right here. He could have said, yo, get off the bus. Your brother's in the main here. I ain't being responsible. Like, none of that. But I did. I had fun. I did. Nobody didn't stop me. Nobody didn't say, yo, no. Everybody was like, yo, you got this? Yo, here, you got something to drink? Don't walk around this park without something to drink. I had tickets. Like, oh, I just jump on line and just jump on a ride. They like, yo, come on, come on, get on a ride with me. You ain't scared. Or they'd be with their brothers in them or whatever and be like, no, I'm scared. They'd be like, Donna, you getting on? My moms used to take us back in the day to Coney Island. And my moms had a love for uh, the roller coasters and the hellhole. That was my mom's rides. And we sat up in the front. We, as long as you passed that mark, they ain't gonna fuck how old you was. You had to pass that height requirement. And we'd sit right in the front with my mom. So she had a love for that. That and fucking frog legs or, or them hot dogs on them, them dogs on the stick. Yep. So, or them, them damn Hebrew national sausages with the onions, the red onions and the sauerkraut and the mustard. She have loaded it up and I just be like, ah, you put all that stuff on it. No, I just, we didn't really eat ketchup. We just ate mustard. But she put all the extra stuff on it. I just be like, nah, I don't want that. But uh, cotton candy and we would be on the front of the car. So me riding on that, that shit didn't bother me because my mom's took us all. And the uh, go-karts. I bust my lip because, um, yeah, I bust my lip when I was in Coney Island when I was young. Like, we would get on the train, F train, take it to the last stop and go right to Coney Island and be out there all day and then come home. Like, I, I would be everywhere. You know, back then it wasn't as, wasn't as dangerous. Wasn't. And then when you got older, but now, got to be careful where you go. Got to be careful who you're around. You don't know what the fuck they did. You know, it's not even safe to be in the church right now. Uh, one thing I will tell, you know, I see a lot of videos about, oh, y'all old women, y'all need to get your lives together. Baby, one thing us old Generation X motherfuckers know how to do is survive and hustle. Real talk. We can take a bag of rice and whatever meat you give us and feed the whole goddamn building. We know how to wash our clothes on hand. Hang them motherfuckers out. We can wash sheets, blankets, everything. We know how to uh, stitch up a wound and every fucking thing else. And we show don't panic. So... Instead of y'all downing these old folks, y'all need to learn a thing or two and listen to them just a little bit. Because, baby, the shit we grew through, that we grew through, made us who we are today. Now, I understand a lot of us don't want to give up those golden ages, but me and my brother, we sat back. I said, man, however many more years that God allowed us to be here, how you going to spend yours? Because I'm enjoying mine. I really am.
I ain't got time to be worrying about what such and such is doing. That, that's not going to pay my bill. That's not going to have me get my belly full. I don't give a fuck what folk do. That's you. However you sleep at night is on you. I, I just, listen, you want to have a good time, play some good music. We're going to get something to eat and stuff. If you drinking, that's on you. But I, I like to enjoy myself. I go, I still, up here, they have uh, fairs. I like to go to the fair. I like to go and, and walk around and see things. I ain't got time to be worrying about if your man is coming home or what your homegirl is doing. I ain't got shit to do with me at all. That's yo, You want to sit here and whip in that? Then I'm going I'm to extend the invitation. You coming? Yeah, but, you know, I'm wondering what he doing. Listen, if you busy worrying about this motherfucker, he's somewhere living his life, and you want to sit here in misery. I'm not the misery that loves company. Fuck that. I'm going outside. Now, I told y'all how I was. My mom and them whoop everybody ass. My sister and them sitting on the step crying. I done washed my face with the water hose, fixed my clothes. I'm outside. I'm on the swings. I'm running around. If somebody need me to go to the store for them or whatever, I'm making me some change. I'm coming back. I got ices and candy, a little money in my hand. My sister, little, uh, uh, well, I'm not sitting here crying. We got ass whoop. Let's move on, okay? We know not to do that, or at least not to be around when motherfuckers do stuff. See, I'm not that kid that, oh, you a punk if you don't do it. Man, fuck you and them. I, I already know what an ass whooping felt like. I was talking to my daughter this morning. Her, my granddaughter came in the room, came in her room, and took her phone. So she called me. She said, can you imagine me coming in your fo- in your room, taking my taking your phone? I said, I had to beat the shit out of you. Real talk. <laughs> she said, and that's what I'm trying to tell my kids, because they will come in here while we sleep and take the phone. I said, but this is a different era. It's a different vibe. Kids nowadays, back when we were growing up, we made money. The snowstorms was our best times. You get my brother went and took the shopping cart, put one of them big green garbage bags in there, went to the salt mine, filled that motherfucker up, pushed it in the street. He had his two uh, shovels, he had his little scooper, and he would go to house to house. And he'll sell the salt, and they'll go, oh, I'll give you a little bit extra. You put the salt down for me. Oh, he'll shovel your snow. Man had a crew. He had Sifa, JJ, Wren, uh, Kenyatta, Phil, God bless his dad. I would be there. Uh, Teresa and them. Whoever wanted to make money. House, house, house. You shovel it. You get the snow. You put it down, the salt. And, yo, we, we done made us some money. And back then... You had the sausage, you would go to Miss Washington's diner. They used to be on 109, God brewer. Her sausage and egg biscuit was like a dollar fifty. You get one of those, you go get a hot chocolate. Now you good, you go finish shoveling. So you start early in the morning, around eight, nine o'clock in the morning. You start. Now there was other kids, they had their crews too. We my brother used to be like, yo, don't fight, don't fuck it. They got that block, we go to the next block. Right? But the one thing they we didn't they didn't have that my brother made sure he had. He would go to the salt mine and take the salt and push that motherfucker around. Well, you know, it's too many of us, so you ain't gonna come and take his shit, cause now we're gonna jump you. So we would go start out, and at six, seven o'clock, when it started getting late, we go home. Everybody divvy up their money. You know, the next day you either go and buy you go and buy some Chinese food off the boulevard, or you go to the avenue, get you a pair of 
uh, back then you had the ski suits, you get your hat or you get some sneakers or you get some boots, you know. So you, you was making money or you just save your shit until put it away for when the summer come. Not everybody had the luxury of working a summer job. You know what I'm saying? Some people want to hustle. So it people find ways of making money. That's why it's different now. Now, yeah, a lot of stuff is digital and tech, which is the way to go. You know, paper money is going to be obsolete. I'm sitting there like, damn, you know, we lived through this. Now we know what our family, our parents was saying. You know, my father used to always say that. Like, what's going to happen? Because paper money ain't going to be around. And she came in, it's going to go out the same way. And we used to sit there and be like, nah. He's like, mark my words, I'll be dead and gone. You know, the old folks switch sit quick to say that. I say it now. Baby, I, I can either be dead and gone, but this right here is ready to happen. And my father used to always tell us, make sure you stay on top of shit because the way paper money came in, it's going to go out the same way. With a surprise coming in, it's going to be a surprise going out. Now look, July, everything's going to be damn near digital. And the sad part is, I tell everybody this, which we have to change this narrative. We can talk about everything in the world, but when it start talking about finances, motherfuckers start easing out. They don't want to talk to you. Or they make it look like they have so much and don't have two pennies to rub together. We got to get that feel of, you know, money. Stop being scared and stop thinking that, you know, I'm going to look so pretty just to sit in the neighborhood. I don't like that hood rich mentality. I never, that shit never appreciated, or I appreciated that because when when we got dressed, we walked up to Jamaica Avenue, jumped on the train, and we left the borough. I'm not gonna sit here, sit in the projects, or sit in Forty Park so I can look cute. Yo, you see my sneakers, you see my, you see my chain, you see. The, I'm getting the fuck up out of here. I'm going out. Bye. I'm going, I'm going to Brooklyn. I'm going over here to the Bronx. Yeah, we still in the hood, but we wasn't in our hood. So, bow. But you will have people that will get dressed and sit right in front of their building. I used to call them the ghetto awards. I used to be like, I for real, I used to sit down and be like, okay, today we have, all right, this is Yolanda coming through with her brand new sneakers. We see you, girl, and your Gucci frames. All right, girl. Let me ask you, though, you paid your cable bill? Yeah, I was that chick. Like, you doing all of this to come out, who you impressing? Because no one cares. And if you shopped on Jamaica Avenue, you and seven other people got the same fucking outfit. So why? Uh, you may wear yours today or y'all might wear both today or you wear yours today. She got to wear hers next week because she don't want nobody to look at her and look at you. So then we had Wilfred Academy up on Jamaica Avenue. My mom's went to school there. So you would go and get a doobie, right, or a washing set and then, you know, get come outside with your outfit and just sit there. Nah. See, when people would go into the beauty parlor, I would go to Wilfred. Because, you, you know, you go to the beauty parlor, you're going to pay $25. Wilfred, you're going to pay twelve fifty. I go to see what student was there the longest. My mom, <laughs> my mom taught us a lot. So we would go up there at twelve fifty, get a washing set or a doobie, come outside, walk up to Jamaica Avenue, get a slice of pizza, a drink, or get icy, walk back, make sure my money... And I I wore skippies. I didn't give a fuck. Like, oh, you crazy. You wearing skippies. Yeah, but I got money in my pocket. 
You got those and you out here begging for somebody to buy you a juice. That shit don't make sense to me. Never did. Never did. I, nah, I'd rather have that money in my pocket before I run around and have y'all looking at me and I'm begging for a piece of chicken or whatever. I, I can't be cute and broke. Fuck that. I, that 